When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking us out, uh, making your way to this episode in this series. Uh, hopefully, you like what you hear enough to become a subscriber to. We put out uh, three new interviews every single week, uh, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It is a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, or just know what's happening in the music world. So hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts from, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, or YouTube as well. In fact, over there is the video version. We shot this over Zoom, so if you want to watch the video, you can subscribe YouTube. Uh, just type in Kyle Meredith with. And I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm going to be talking with Alicia Bagnano. You know her as Bully, the mastermind of Bully, back with a brand new album called Sugar Egg, a very powerful little record that we're going to be talking about, one that took her three years to make and involved uh, a lot of, as she says, personal growth. Uh, she gets into battling motivation and self-worth. We're also going to talk about how Lucinda Williams had a little bit of uh, an influence, spe uh, specifically on one of the tracks on here, but maybe even more than that. And then outside of Sugar Egg, Alicia has covered Nirvana and Orville Peck recently, so we're going to discuss that. Uh, she also provided the music for the movie Her Smell. If you remember, that movie came out, uh, I believe, just last year and starred Elizabeth Moss. Uh, that was uh, Alicia behind the music of that, which you would hear the band play every time on stage. So I want to hear what that 
that experience was like and having her own pair of vans that she designed herself. So let's get into it and discuss this brand new record, Sugar Egg. It's Kyle Meredith with Bully. Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? First, the compliments. Uh, Sugar Egg, it's a powerful record and it's a lot of fun to listen to. I mean, you keep outdoing yourself on this one. I know it's, I guess from what you've talked about so far, it's it's also sort of a hard won record for you. Uh, I think when it came out, maybe this was on your Twitter, you had said you'd spent the last three years of your life on this record. Is that just days lived to have the material that would make up these songs? Is that what you're talking about there? Um, No, I would say that's like three years of like writing for it. Yeah, I mean, there, it depends. There was like a little bit of the time towards the beginning of the writing process while I was still finishing up the touring cycle of losing. So things were a little bit on and off, but certain songs like Come Down in Prism were written three years ago. And it was just that. And then I came home and there was like almost two years of me being home strictly writing, went to record the record, thought it was done, decided I was going to keep writing and wrote for another half a year. So yeah, I mean, it, it the period has been like three years of actively trying to write for it (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's gestation right there that is yeah really building it up well congratulations on it uh, on it coming out and and being as i said as powerful as it is Uh, i hope you don't mind us jumping straight into the deep end here because you know the other things you've talked about is how much personal growth went into this record and i was wondering if you could Mm -hmm. like detail exactly what that personal growth for you has been I think that a lot of it is just, you know, having had the other two records under my belt, I kind of knew a little bit more of like what I wanted and what sort of environment I wanted to be in. And um, after the first record, you just don't really know what to expect. You're like, how quickly do I have to write? How am I supposed to tour and write at the same time? You know what I'm saying? Like, is my career going to be over if I don't immediately put out another record? And I just, I think my approach to writing losing was, I was just in not a great headspace. And I think I was hyper aware of how it would be received and and what expectations I was being held to. And for where to start, I really, or where to start, (laughs) Sugar Egg, sorry, the single's name is where to start. I feel like I really just wrote it for myself. Like I was like, I just want to do something that I'm going to be proud of. And if I think, you know, like, the dynamic in the band needs to be changed or I need to part ways with people or I need to give up the engineering responsibilities. If I think that's going to make for a better record, but like really a more creative fulfillment that I would get out of it, then it's time to just make those changes. And I think, you know, you just learn a lot when you're on the road for a long time and things happened along the way as far as being like, I, I don't need to prove to everybody that I can engineer this record. Like I have, I've already done that. I'm going to have someone else do it. I want to focus on songwriting. I want to focus on the music. And then as far as like our bass player going off to school and me parting ways with our guitar player, it just kind of felt like touring is a really taxing thing. And like we had been playing for five years and I hope to be playing until I die. So, <laughs> well, maybe up until then uh whether i mean i probably won't be releasing anything then but i just love playing music is what i'm trying to say but uh yeah there's just like i don't know i'm like at a place in my life where i just know when things need to be uh changed and i don't want to like sit back and kind of let them manifest anymore i just am ready to like you know move on right say what needs to be said and 
let go and move on. And I think I did that for this record. Well, saying what needs to be said, I mean, I almost feel a little bit like an eavesdropper asking about some of these questions because it does sound so personal. But, you know, when I hear, when I hear, like, there are a few lines I want to bring up on this record that I really connected with, uh, hours and hours. When you say, I'm not angry anymore, I'm not holding on to that. Like, to Mm -hmm. me, that sounds like maybe it's one of the most important realizations or or lines on the record. Like, would you, would you say so? Yeah, totally. I mean, and I know that there's like inevitably going to be a lot of darkness and um, angst and bully songs. It's just like kind of what it is. But towards the end of that just felt like a really good way to come close to closing the record because it was like essentially the first time I got to write where I was able to accept things and to like, you know, be in a better headspace and just let go and uh lean into that and yeah i think that line has a lot to do with the record uh, the the other one i kind of outlined here and this is probably my favorite line out of it there's so much more that i could do than fucking around staring down at my dirty shoes <laughs> yeah. i battle with my i'm own... still doing that <laughs> yeah. well that's what i mean like what's your daily battle with motivation I, I know especially maybe it's this year on top of it but but, you know, this is your career and, and having and, and it's up to you, right? I mean, your career is up to you at this point. Like, what's that battle yeah. like for you? Um, it's like constantly trying to stay appreciative and remember how grateful I am to be able to do what I love for a living. It's just like a constant reminder. Like if I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like doing anything. It's like, well, you're supposed to make a zine today. <laughs> like, that's fucking awesome. Like, what are you? I don't. Yeah. So it's that, but I mean, I think like more so it's not so much a battle with like my productivity as much it is like with my head and like, and the things that are like inevitable distractions, like my responsibility to social media and stuff like that. And it's more so a battle of just being like, what matters, you know, like, what are you enjoying? What do you believe in and what matters? And like, forget all this other. So that's really the battles being like, don't, don't let this stupid comment or something like manifest the rest of your day, like, just let it go. And remember that you're getting to do what you love for a living. And it's not all going to be like, oh, you just get to sit around and play music all day. Like the other half of that is promoting the records so you can make another and so yeah it's more so just that constant reminder of like if you want to keep doing what you love you got to do this too i'm not trying to make a good old days kind of speech because there was always some kind of promotion involved but but when you could just let the music speak for itself and you didn't have to worry about <laughs> right yeah so. that's my dream that's my dream I, I swear to god i started this campaign and i was like i'm not explaining any songs and blah 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 blah. and i like wrote it out strategically instead of just being like me who's like no i don't want to i was like this is why and i think that like i could potentially like diminish the connection with my fans and like i want to keep that mystery there and everyone's like okay alicia we hear you we hear you and then it's like i start interviews and they're like so what does this song mean? And I'm like, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but there's just, I mean, you can control it, but there's no, you can control how you're going to navigate it, but there's really no getting around it. So. And that's what I, I think I meant. Like, I feel like a voyeur even asking about these songs because I do get that. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's there. 
Um, And so I'll continue along that line awkwardly. (laughs) Uh, And and I'm only going to bring up one more line, actually, because in Come Down, and and this goes with what, I think this goes with what we're saying, because you do say, I hope you've come to realize your worth. And I was wondering, like, you know, I know not everything is always about you, and sometimes it's outward, but it's like, is that one of those moments where you are giving yourself the pep talk, or, or, or is that to a friend? I don't think I will ever come to realize my own worth. <laughs> like, I just have a really hard time with self-worth. I would like to, but you, I always wish, you know, like, you, I think everybody wishes that maybe they could, like, see themselves the way other people see them. I think if we were able to do that, we wouldn't like struggle so much with insecurities and confidence or maybe not. But that line in particular was just written about somebody else who I loved very much, who was really hard on themselves. And it could totally be applied to me too, but it was was not written for me. I love that line though. It's really, yeah. yeah you know, when there's like someone in your life who you love that you just see beating themselves up and it just doesn't stop and you just want to shake them and be like you're an amazing genius stop like how can I like quiet these voices in your head but yeah it's such a hard thing to do like I don't really know anybody who is like naturally just knowing their worth it's good to know it's good to have on your radar and I think I know a lot of people who are trying to do that but to be able to do that is not the easiest thing outside of being a narcissist which of course yeah is I, I, I almost itself. made an only i almost made an only child joke <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like don't do that yeah, it's not true. <laughs> oh, that's true uh well I'll, I'll pull out a little bit from the specifics and more on the art form here because every tradition you know outside you you did call that probably the most literal song uh on the record but is there a process when something is very literal in this way of trying to make it poetic or do you sort of lean towards the music to take care of that side of it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are songs like every tradition where the focus on that song was to get across what I wanted to say. And, you know, that was like the motivation behind that. So the lyrics end up being a lot more little literal for something like that, as opposed to me sitting down and feeling a certain way and finding the right chords that like fit to my mood and then I feel like there's room for the lyrics to be a little bit more poetic so it just sort of sort of shifts and I think that the music yeah like has a lot to do with that kind of what's going on uh with the guitars and the tempo of it but you know stuff like prism where it's I would say more poetic and a little bit more abstract than something like every tradition. It's just that one started with the chords and I really liked it and it made me feel a certain type of way. And then I kind of pulled the meaning out of that and decided what I I wanted to say in it as opposed to every tradition where I was like, I need to say this and everybody needs to listen and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, that one's so literal, painfully literal, but I'm okay (laughs) with it. I'm aware. (laughs) Well, in your voice, it does sound like you're, uh, the dynamics, I guess, that you're doing right now uh, seems mm-hmm. more maybe than you've tried in the past, too. You know, I, I'll, I'll hit on uh, Come Down Again. Like, there's a delicacy that I don't quite remember ever hearing before. Yeah, totally. Is that part of the story? I just, I'm really, I love Lucinda Williams. I know nothing about country. And when I heard Lucinda Williams, I was like, whoa, this is so good. And yeah, I mean, that one was kind of, 
I don't know where that came from because I don't know. I I want to say it kind of came from a that like her being my influence there, but I think that I was able to sing a lot more on this record, whereas the last one, leaving the record cycle for feels like the highlight of sort of every write up was about my scream and oh she screams and she screams so for losing I think I was just screaming because I was like that's what they want that's what they're writing about and then when I started writing sugar egg I was like well what's one of my favorite things to do it's to like sit and try like eight different melodies for a song and narrow down which one I like and then spend hours just adding weird little oohs and ahs and harmonies and then taking out like 90% of them and keeping 10% and I just wanted to do a lot more of that and I'm so glad I did because I don't know it's just like easy to forget that I mean I, I don't wouldn't go as far as saying as I can sing but it's easy to forget that I can sing in a certain type of way yeah. <laughs> not like a Kelly Clarkson type of way just like in a I can get by singing and it's fun to do so it does make for a more fulfilling record. And and yeah. with that in mind, you know, I'll, I'll transition a little bit here because that sort of makes sense to me now. Recently you covered Nirvana, but you covered about a girl. This isn't one of the Scream songs. I don't know if that Mm-mm. kind of plays into that. Well, to be, to be totally honest, I covered that because I was supposed to cover something like on the sub pop roster that I was allowed to cover. And that one was one that I thought I could do a good job of. But also it was kind of like a nudge and a wink, like uh, almost cringy that I covered that because we get compared to 90s bands all the time. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to fully do it. And like half the people are going to be like, you're the worst. And the other half of the people are going to be like, I wanted fully to cover Nirvana. So I was kind of being a little bit of a smartass when I covered that. But yeah, I... I had actually so much fun doing that. Like doing both those covers, kind of rewriting songs that aren't mine was like, and that one in particular too was just like, I got it. There are certain parts that like, I felt like my vocal could do the same sort of grit. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, this is fun. Like I get the comparisons, but yeah, no, it's funny. Cause it's like the most, it's not mellow, but like vocally just kind of like, stays in the same vein the whole song but yeah it was really fun to do i don't want to hide from it Uh, obviously i I, i'm in the camp that was like yeah i do hope they cover nirvana one day like (laughs) it made sense you had interned uh under albini as as your backstory goes and all this you know you did play a loud type of music it was like when you finally happened it was like okay yeah that makes sense yeah let's do it yeah yeah next it'll be whole (laughs) (laughs) it'll just be spot on that's it uh, the Orville pet, uh, pet cover, by the way, the uh, turn, turn to Hate, I thought that was interesting the way you recorded that because your your voice, in, in a contrast to how Sugar Egg is recorded, even to how about a girl, it's almost like a wash back in the back in the music a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you going for? Well, when I was like listening through to what I was gonna pick from, I heard that melody in the chorus, and I was like, this melody is incredible. Like his vocal melody is so good and so that's really what I was just like I want to do that but um yeah it was weird there's it was weird for me to sing per, especially that like pre-chorus I like didn't know where to go with my voice but do you mean just like mix wise like yeah the, I, I guess so yeah I was probably just trying to cover up my pitchiness 
<laughs> it's usually what I do when the vocals are down. Um, yeah, there's a lot going. Also, I was like trying to cover up because I played drums on both of those and I don't, I'm like an awful drummer. So a lot of doing, the, but we were like deep in quarantine, like no one was seeing anybody. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to play everything on these. And a lot of those two was like, how can I kind of mask the drumming? <laughs> like, how can I just like cover it up? So it's like there, but you're not like, wait, what's going on right now with this drum part? And that's probably a product of that. Never occurred to me. Never occurred to me there was anything wrong with the drums. <laughs> well, thank God I pointed it out. So now everybody can <laughs> now, go now I go back and listen to it. attention. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll kind of close up here because I, I guess the parts in the middle of the two records is uh, you wrote songs for a movie, right? With Her Smell? Mm-hmm. What was yeah. that experience like? I've seen the movie. I mean, what, what an interesting, different movie. You know, the vibe yeah. just does not lay off the whole time. It's really intense. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. I want to do so much more of it. It was just, I mean, I think like working with Al, Alex and Elizabeth was like, has a lot to do with why that was great. Just because it was like, I would write something, send it over. They would sit with it and I'd be like, oh, this is great. This works. And I was like, this is too easy. Not too easy, but I was like, something is going to go wrong. Um, but no, it was it was awesome. Pretty much, I got the script, read over the script, told Alex that I would do it, and then sat down with the script and kind of wrote the songs that I was supposed to in the scenes, but like based off of the how I imagine Elizabeth's character would feel. And it was just really cool to not write something for Bully for once. It was like to it was a it was a good writing exercise. Not to say that that was just an exercise, um, because I got paid that would be a well-paying exercise um but it was uh yeah and and it was it was really funny it was like once we would decide on a song I would video I was on the road for a lot of it and would set up my phone and video my hands playing each chord and like break down each chord because I'm not a music theory person at all so a lot of the times it's I don't really know what I'm playing I had like an app that could also break them apart and i did that but mostly it was like me sending videos of my hands to Elizabeth who would then show to her guitar teacher and she would learn how to play and um, it was also like a good practice of sort of letting things go because it was the first time where I wrote something and then it wasn't mine anymore and it was done like you know like a little things that are naturally going to be different like melodies or like a few lyrics that just like come out differently and stuff and I had to just let it go and be okay with that and I totally was I mean it's not you know I was like hired to write for a character and that was my only relationship with the film but it was so good yeah Yeah. I I hope to do a lot more movie stuff because I really like writing in general and it's nice to not always have to do it for bully do do those uh do those songs like, do you think of them as part of your discography now? Like, if you're out touring, if this was the Sugar Egg tour, would you do you throw those in? Oh, not at all. No. No. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're outside. <laughs> they're, they're a different thing. That's interesting. I mean, if I were to have... Okay. I think there's obviously a reason I was asked to do it because my, res- my sound resembles that era or that idea of that era. So, yeah, it's not like I was writing country songs for a film and they're completely out there. But I feel like if I was to turn them into bully songs, then I wouldn't, then I wouldn't have done the job I was supposed to do, which was like write for a different character in someone else's shoes. So I'm very like, no, not my song. 
yeah. wasn't it, for me, didn't come from me, it came from a character, and I mean, it did come from me, let's be honest, but yeah. But they live in the movie, that's where they live. They live in the movie, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's like, if you hear them, it's like one of them is kind of like half a song that falls apart, another's supposed to be like a sentimental slow one, there's really only one that would even be played live, and that's the last one, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. On the uh, on the much brighter side, those are dark songs. Um, you got your own Vans shoes. I do. I have my own Vans. They're so cool. Like this is something. That's one of those things that you know that goes up on the shelf forever, right? <laughs> like that's something. Who gets that? I don't know. Honestly, Vans. I should just. I just yeah want to like live in their offices that I've never been to, and I don't even know where they exist. But like, I feel like I've got to do so much cool stuff with Vans four bands and i'm very lucky for that relationship i got to play like an all-girl skateboard event it was like a weekend we flew to like i think it was like in new york and then we flew to chicago and it was the most empowering inspiring thing and i was just like man bands just comes through like they just keep putting cool shit my way and i'm very grateful for that so, so what do you do when they say design a shoe for us like like what's what do you want to accomplish with that shoe I'm like, oh, fuck, can I, like, hire someone else to do it? Because I (laughs) don't design shoes or draw. Um, I mean, we were kind of a little bit limited with what we could have done. We wanted to do, like, a embroidery and stuff and make it a little more specific. But we had to go based off of what you can do with their customs creator. So, like, anything that we tried to do with, like, the record cover picture and stuff just ended up looking kind of wonky. So I just thought about, like, what people think of when they – or, like, a symbol that is recognizable for bully fans. And I have, like, a tattoo here that's now called, like, the No Face Tattoo. And a bunch of bully followers, fans – I hate saying fans because it sounds, like, so pretentious or whatever. I don't know what else to say. A bunch of bullies' audience – got the same tattoo so I like actually made a poster of all the bully tattoos and so that just seemed like a good one to put on the shoe and then the ice cream cone is off of the I don't know if you've seen us play live but we bring two like massive ice cream cones that we have on our amps that light up so I figured those were like pretty strong bully symbols and would work well for the shoe they're cool they're (laughs) thanks (laughs) <laughs> they do those those little things it, it's 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 interesting how those little like doodles or whatever you want to call them like become iconic so quickly you know it's like they, they how they end up meaning something so quickly yeah to a certain group of people anyway anyway alicia um uh, again the uh, the compliments on sugar egg i love what you're doing we always love what thank you're doing you. with, it, with all the records. So thank you for continuing to do it. Thank you for taking the time to talk about it today. Thanks. Thank you for all the support. It means a lot. Anytime. We'll keep giving it. You keep giving the music. We'll keep doing it. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. <laughs> all right. It was great talking to you. We'll see you around. Thanks. You too. Bye. And the last time Alicia and I talked was back in uh, 2018 behind Bully's second LP called Losing, which once again was uh, kind of counter to how this one was, uh, how Sugar Egg was written in a quick three-month spurt. Uh, That three-month just happened to be around late 2016 when it seemed like all the world was tuned in uh, to the movements and politics happening within the U.S., And Alicia found herself filtering those events into her new songs, uh, which also had a deep stake in her personal life. Uh, We got to talk about how the LP has unfortunately been labeled a breakup album, even though that's not really the case. 
and the first time she remembers using that ferocious scream in public. So part two of Kyle Meredith with Bully. So first off, we're excited to have you back in town. Uh, you'll be playing Zanzibar January 21st behind this uh, really amazing, awesome, great new album with, uh, with Losing, which is a hell of a follow-up, by the way. I mean, all the compliments for this record right here. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I, I kind of wonder, musically, uh, and, and I don't want this to make it sound like they don't sound fully formed, but it almost sounds like musically this, this record came together really quickly, and I was wondering if that's the case. Yeah, it kind of did. I mean, a lot of it came together in a consolidated period of time. There was a first batch of songs that I was able to write when we had a small break a while ago, um, and I think it's maybe just one of those songs, one or two of those songs made it onto the record. But the majority of them were written in uh, about a three- to four-month period. And it was after we got done touring, and we kind of pulled the plug on touring just to get working on the second record so that has a lot to do with it but yeah they were kind of all written together which is just happened to be the nature of the situation because prior to that we hadn't really had any time off but i'm hoping for the third record that um it'll be cool to be able to just live with the songs a little bit more yeah a lot of bands don't have i think the know-how but also the power to say no we're stopping this because we want to go ahead and get to work on the record i mean it's it's such the you know the business music industry thing to do to keep pushing that band for you know years (laughs) between the records yeah you know we have to play those songs live every night and it gets to a point where you start to realize if you're getting sick of what you're playing or you just need to progress even if it's just like makes you feel like that progression is just coming from a more personal level to to keep moving forward and creating new stuff and i remember that being really important for us and we just knew after playing the first record and touring um extensively that it was just time to move on to something new and i'm really glad we did it but i think we could just feel it like we, we just felt like it was time that we needed to to write something new what's interesting about that timeline i think a lot of folks, I mean, a lot's been written uh, about the record as far as the relationship parts of this, but there's a whole lot more going on in that. And you especially get that with um, a few of my favorite tracks like Hate and Control, which really I find it interesting. It, it, it plays the great trick to the question, is this a relationship or something more at large? And from what I gather, it's the something more at large. But you could read into that in so many different ways. Yeah, Hate and Control is definitely about the election and not so much about the relationship. I was kind of bummed it was presented as a breakout record because it felt like so much more than that to me because it wasn't to me. I mean, every song was about something different, but I think people like to find something to kind of, you know, they want to find a way to be able to talk about a record. And I, I I can see how that, it it can be perceived that way because it does sound like there's a person in each song. I think that the confusion was just that it wasn't the same person in each song. And yeah, I guess it just is what it is, but I, I definitely wasn't track. I wasn't, I didn't write a breakup record. Everything was about something so different to me, but that's just the nature of writing songs, I guess. And then leaving it up to people to kind of decide what it's about for themselves, which is also that I am an advocate for because I don't necessarily like the idea of having to explain what each one is about. I think that takes a little bit of the magic out of it. So it goes both ways. There's pros and cons to it. 
Well, I mean, you get into that song, especially in that, that line, hey, are you doing all right today? I know everyone's shaking up. I mean, that that was the big tip-off even before I got into the song because, I mean, that was the conversation that happened, what, November 12, 2016, I guess. I think that was yeah. the thing everybody was asking each other. Yeah, totally. The other track on there, I want to focus. like, uh, And I think I, that's one of the, this is maybe one of those points, too, because I think what I took from it and then what I read about it later was probably two different things. I mean, I'm one of these people that sort of works for fun. I, I like to work for fun, but with, mm-hmm. and, and with all the stuff that you're writing about hate control, to me, that's, you know, all the stuff that's out there that's trying to grab your attention in, in just regular life. All you're trying to do is just, you know, look straight ahead and, and live your life and be the best person you can be. And, but that's, it's not about exactly that, is it? Okay is really about a relationship between two best friends. I mean, it's it's really about revisiting revisiting a relationship you had as a child when you're an adult and um just kind of thinking back on how you handled all the situations. I feel like growing up everyone has that person that you just go through so much with at such a young age and it's can be a really remarkable thing to think of two like 13 year olds trying to help each other deal with some really heavy stuff and the little things that you do I think to kind of move on from it it's just really interesting and uh, to me I don't know it's something I think about a lot and and that's what it's it's really a song about two best friends that focus is, is probably my favorite song on the record and I guess you know when I think about that bigger picture stuff you know, a lot of artists, you know, you hope to connect. As you were talking about earlier, you don't really know what the song's going to do once you put it out there. But I think, you know, a lot of artists, they do hope to connect and, and maybe even tap into something. And and here you have Bully coming along at a time when tapping into something is, is tapping into how we're being inundated with government news. And, you know, that's unbelievable, but, but relentless out there. And I think some of the themes that come up in focus, like, and that that have been so often talked about and are being talked about now, it just is kind of saying, oh yeah, this this has been going on forever. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it's a particularly crazy time. Yeah, to be a band and and I don't know. Like, I mean, it has every all of this stuff's always been going on, but uh, when it becomes you know the hot button topic in the forefront of the conversation, and as an artist oh, I've written this for the bigger conversation. That's how I want it to be. You know, I, I wanted to change somebody's life in that positive way. A lot of times I've been asked about this record and, and whether or not it like was influenced by the election and everything else that came along with it. And my answer is, obviously, there's just, there's no way of getting around it, I think. And it's everywhere. So, so yeah, I, I would love to be a part of the bigger conversation. I feel like Bully is still a really, we're still a relatively small band. So how much we're actually doing for that conversation is pretty debatable, but. You just remember the Velvet Underground was a really small band when they were a, a band. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It does happen. Uh, something else, and I'm sure you, this probably gets brought up a lot, but you have one of the best screams in rock music right now. It's Oh, thank you. <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you used that in public, and was that a big moment for you? Yeah, I think it was when we were playing the Stone Fox, which is it's not a venue anymore, but um, it was a venue I used to run sound at, and our bass player used to book there. And when we first started, we, we played there quite a few times. And I 
I believe it was when we were playing trying for the first time and that's when it happened. But I think I really, something about the choruses and trying that I, I think, um, helped bring the scream about. And then we checked the first record and there's really not that much screaming, but I think it was just us playing the songs every night and just there being a there's a certain energy that happens when you play live and depending on how your day how your day is going sometimes you can just really relate to what you're singing and I think it just kind of happened and crept in naturally and then I just kept going with it I guess I don't know it feels really good it's just like it's such a positive outlet for any sort of negative space or energy that I have that it just feels like it's necessary sometimes it's a hell of a tool to have in your arsenal yeah. that not everyone <laughs> has that same, you know, that same ability. Yeah. That tool. Anyway, uh, again, well, thank uh, you. yeah, I love this record and we'll see you here in Louisville. It's uh, January 21st at Zanzibar and we can't wait for it. Yeah. We're excited. I haven't seen the new Zanzibar yet. Yeah. Well, we'll see you then. Thank you so much. All right. I uh, hope you feel better too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. My thanks to Alicia. The brand new Bully record is called Sugar Egg. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Before you get out, hit that subscribe button. Stay up to date on everything that we're doing. Three new interviews a week. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, or again, YouTube, where you'll find the video version of this interview as well. Then after that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them, at Kyle Meredith. Hope you like and follow along there as well. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.